0: Sequence star, six, five, Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, um, and you might. I don't know, we'll see what the guest. Or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do that is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. O-R-G. Uh, I am joined in studio today by Bishop Donald DeGroote of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Hi, Bishop.
1: Hey, welcome. It's always great when you get thrown under the bus before you I, before, I know.
0: <laughs> as the host, I get to, you know, do that before you said a word. You were already behind the eight ball. Sorry about that. Uh, hopefully I still have a job next week. Folks. Oh, you do. You do. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Bishop and I are going to be talking today about the power and importance of the resurrection for us today. We're actually recording this during Holy Week, but you're listening to this, it's at least Easter Monday, if not later. And, and we're going to be talking, especially I think in the context of, of the pandemic, but even apart from that, a year from now, um, when things are back to some semblance of normal. What is the power and importance of the resurrection for us living today as 21st century Americans? That's what we're going to be talking about today on Ignition. But if you've never listened to the show before, again, my name is Chris Bergwald. I'm the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Been in that role since 2002, um, but been in the role of husband to Jermaine since 1999. And she and I have five kids. Jermaine's from Ohio. I'm from central Minnesota. All five of our kids are born and raised in uh, eastern South Dakota, eastern Sioux Falls, in fact. So it's a little bit about me, in case you've never listened to Bishop DeGroote. In case somebody's never heard of Bishop Donald DeGroote before, who are you?
1: I am a farm
0: boy. <clears throat> farm boy?
1: <laughs> I am a farm boy. Yes, I grew up on a farm just west of Faribault, Minnesota. So it's in the Archdiocese of St. Paul of Minneapolis, uh, so very blessed, I had wonderful, wonderful parents and uh, I have four uh, brothers. So we had a lot of fun on the farm and we continued to. Uh, so when you started off with throwing me under the bus, I felt <laughs> like I was at home. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it continues to happen, it's awesome. That's what I'm used to. So yeah, grew up down uh, by Fairbo, and uh, it's very blessed to, uh, well, I went to country school actually for my kindergarten Ooh. and then the rest of my time was uh, Catholic school. So I was blessed with that opportunity. Went to the university of saint thomas i was in the seminary for a few years college seminary at saint john vianney to discern the possibility of priesthood but I had lots of questions around marriage and you know mm-hmm. just all the things going on in the church and i was a, a small a country boy walking into the big city of sure. st paul minneapolis it uh, <clears throat> was a big change in my life and my world so anyways i uh, finished my degree of philosophy worked for six years mostly in sales some retail management and then the grace came very clear to me one day and uh About this time of year actually uh and uh it was beautiful beautiful grace 1993 and it was very clear the lord wanted me to be a priest so i said yes and uh, sold my house packed up my stuff and off i went to the seminary so i was ordained in 1997 three years as parochial vicar in all saints at all saints in lakeville minnesota and then i was uh, back at the college seminary working on staff doing spiritual direction formation work with college seminarians to help them discern god's will and how to grow in friendship with god Then I was uh, blessed to be pastor of uh, St. Peter's in Forest Lake for nine years, Mm -hmm. and we had a school all the way up to sixth grade, and then I was assigned to uh, Blessed Sacrament on the east side of St. Paul, and also vicar for clergy. It's kind of like an HR job. Uh, So (laughs) I did the HR job for four years, uh, and then I had the the parish for two years of that time. Uh, And then, uh, you you never quite know what God has planned next, and I was blessed to get back to parish work, where I really loved, enjoyed, and I was at St. John the Baptist and Savage. And life was fantastic. I spoke of it as being in the shire where everything oh, was Oh, the shire. Wow. And then there was a call, uh, kind of like a ring was called upon, I guess. Yes. And uh, the Lord called me forth from the shire to uh, to make a new journey. And I so, hope this isn't
0: Mordor, though, for
1: you. Well, you know, <laughs> it has not been so far. Oh, so no, yeah, yeah. There's not a semblance. There's right. not a semblance. It's been a, a very grace-filled time because the Lord was so clear when the call came. Ooh to me in um, early December that, that the Lord was calling me to this. Um, and uh, that's when I was in the Adoration Chapel, just praying and the Lord made it very clear. I want you to say yes and I'll give you everything you need. So it was in uh, that yes. And of course it was announced then on uh, December 12th. And my life has been upside down ever oh since. Uh, Try to get my head on things. and uh, But there's been an incredible grace and uh, just so happy to be back in the rural area. So happy to be with just the good common ordinary folks, uh, which I've been experiencing out in the rural areas, even in uh, Sioux Falls area, uh, the places I've been able to get, of course, then the pandemic comes and that's limited my capacity to get out and be with people and all that sort of thing. So God's ways are very different than my ways, but uh, if
0: I bid the grace, it's it's good. Amen. I just want to go back briefly to what you said, um, what the Lord said to you in the Adoration Chapel um, at St. John the Baptist. Um, I want you to say yes and I'll give you everything you, you need. And isn't it true that that's something that he says, not just to than Father Donald DeGruud, but to each and every person, I will give you everything you need for what I am asking of you.
1: Yeah, but it uh, comes to us in different ways. You know, sometimes it's less clear than the type of grace that I got. Uh, only a few times in my life, like yeah. my call to priesthood, my call to uh, to be a bishop, was that profound and that clear. clear. But. <clears throat> it's always there, it just comes in other forms and sometimes less um, strong or clear and come in just a time of prayer and you just get a strong sense, this is what the Lord wants, but maybe not with that
0: incredible uh, experience of an actual grace Mm -hmm. that relates to one's vocation. Mm Um, so, I, I, to me, that that dovetails perfectly into our topic for today, which, as we're recording, we're anticipating a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, the Lord's outside of time, so we're just going to join him momentarily. Um, the The power and importance of the resurrection for us today. So, as listeners, if you're listening to this, we've just celebrated, or will have recently celebrated Easter, um, in in which we we. Uh, c- celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Died uh, an agonizing, horrible death on the cross for us, for me, and my sins, and for each of us and our sins. Um, and then on the third day, that Sunday morning, um, early during the night, in fact, even he ri- rose from the dead. And this is a fact, a-, a matter of historical and transcendental truth, as the Catechism of Catholic Church puts it. Um, but I think bishops sometimes with uh, the truths of our faith, they can re- remain sort of history, if you will. Oh, Jesus lived and died and rose again, and that was 2,000 years ago, and oh, isn't that nice, but what does that mean for me today? And that's what I want us to talk a little bit about. So maybe we'll just start there. How would, how would, how would you, and you're the bishop, you go wherever you want to, but maybe I propose as a starting point, how would you answer that question? What does the resurrection mean for you, for me, for us today? Yeah, I think, you know, the first thing that comes
1: to my mind is uh, reflecting back on history, for example, even in the scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament, so many times God would do extraordinary things, and then the people would forget, even within the same generation, and certainly generations after. So if you look at historically through the scriptures alone, you just see so many times, if you will, that forgetfulness. It's easy for us to forget. It's easy to think, well, it's not relevant to us. What we have to remember is uh, the scripture is the living word of god mm. so it's living it's active it's alive the question really becomes how is that active and alive in our hearts and our lives and so i find in my own life sometimes i need like the two by four of the head yeah. kind of you know i need to really get something to really go to a deeper level spiritually uh, but this is why regular prayer is so important. Mm. Uh, for me, you know, just being before the Blessed Sacrament is such an incredible gift. Of course, many places we can pray. But the point being is it helps us bring the reality that's already there to the forefront of our conscience. So we read that Word of God, we reflect on it, and particularly if we use like a style of Lectio Divina, where you take the Scripture, you pray, and let the Lord speak to us in the Word of God, as we might see ourselves uh, in one of the characters. So let's use an example. Let's say that, um, you know, as as we we think of uh, Holy Thursday and Good Friday, so Mm -hmm. Holy Thursday, you have this amazing experience of the Holy Eucharist, right? And um, you know, not before long then, Peter said, you know, I'll never deny you, right? Mm -hmm. And then of course, it wasn't long after that, and Peter denied him, and of course the Lord was merciful and gave him a chance to repent, and of course it became a great, Uh, conversion experience for um, St. Peter. But the point being is, if we enter into that, we might see ourselves where we've been uh, duplicity. Uh, we've had duplicity in our life, where we, yeah, Lord, I'll do anything for you. Mm. And then of course, when the ask comes, then we start backtracking. <coughs> well, maybe and, not. Yeah, exactly,
0: right? <laughs> not anything but that.
1: Yeah, now I'm sure when you made your vows that you will love and honor your wife right. all the days of your life, it's been absolutely perfect,
0: right? <laughs> I, I, she better say that. Well.
1: <laughs> or not. Or not. Or not. The truth in all things. Amen. But the point being very simple is that it's so easy to forget and that's why it's important for us each year. That's why do we go through Holy Triduum? Why do we go through Easter Sunday every year? May we never forget. Why do we celebrate Mass every Sunday? May we never forget we always have reason to be filled with gratitude uh to celebrate the Holy Eucharist. Do this in memory of me. You know, Jesus' teachings are so clear. So the point being is really to uh to bring to our consciousness the reality, the truth, if you will, but we need to let it speak and really soak into the depths of our heart. And so we've got to be open. We have to receive, and we have to be attentive to that. So what does it mean for
0: us today? Before, before we go, I just want to interject yeah, there, Bishop, sure. the, the idea of forgetfulness, just really resonates. Um, a few years ago, uh, so some of our listeners you might be familiar with the monthly devotional Magnificat. One of the yes. contributors to that is Father Richard Varus, who um, does for human formation, I think, at the Seminary for New York City. Uh, and Father Varus, in a book on sort of Jesus in the Old Testament, has, has a line that I read a few years ago that just uh, deeply imprinted itself in my memory. No pun intended for the Jewish people. The greatest sin is, and most people would think, okay, uh, there's all sorts of awful sins, but father Varis said for the Jewish people, the greatest sin is to forget, mm. to forget that the Lord not only has worked marvels. And then I, I started noticing, especially in the Psalms, remember the marvelous works of the Lord and other, the prophets calling the Jewish people to remember what the Lord has done for us and for you. Um, so, so to never forget, to, to always make it present. So I just have to say that, mm. I, I, as you said that, I immediately thought of R- R- Father Varys' comment that for the Jewish people, the greatest sin is to forget, to lose sight of how the Lord is present not just 2,000 years ago in Jesus Christ and before that, but present to me, to us here today. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think if we use, if we continue to build off the scriptures, you look at what happens on Good Friday, right? So Christ lays down his life and love to be the ransom for our sins. And then there's the silence, Mm -hmm. there's the isolation, there's the discouragement, there's the unknownness of what was gonna happen in the future. And as we reflect upon that, In our day to day, we see with our isolation and our struggles, our loneliness, what's gonna happen and all the uncertainties in the world today, we can see how there are times in our life and very acutely for us right now with the pandemic, uh, where God's inviting us to uh, take time to really reflect on what's really critical and important and to realize that as difficult and hard as it is and all the suffering and loss that's happening in so many levels, that the power of God is even greater than what seems to be the most discouraging and the most challenging and frustrating. So Mm. we can feel like all of our hopes are crushed. And yet the power of the resurrection is, no, it's the hope of eternal life. Jesus told them, I am the resurrection of life. He who believes in me will have eternal life. So if we think of God's faithfulness to us in the Old Testament, the New Testament, we're in this trying time now. It's really important for us in the season of Easter to remember, no, it's real. God does love us. He is going to provide. He is all-powerful. Doesn't mean there won't be suffering. Doesn't mean there won't be loss. But it's often afterwards where at some point we start to realize the impact that these trying times have been for us, and what God was trying to bring out of it, as He allows these things, even in our own lives. I think of the ro- the two
0: on the road to Emmaus. Yeah, yes, yes.
1: You know, they're on this road, and they're discouraged, they're downtrodden, and it's sadness. Like, well, what do you mean? You, you, don't you know what's going on? Right. And Jesus reveals to them, and then their hearts burn within them. <laughs>
0: If you're just tuning in to listen to Ignition, this is a broadcast from the New Evangelization. I'm Chris Bergwald, Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization, with the Diocese of Sioux Falls, visiting today with the Bishop of the Diocese of Sioux Falls, Bishop Donald DeGrud, about the power and importance of the Resurrection of Jesus Christ for us today. Bishop, you just ref- referencing um, the the story of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus from Luke chapter 24. Um, what strikes me is you're just talking about how they're, don't you know what's going on? And, and Jesus, what things? And then they answer, and then, then he, he challenges them. Frankly, he rebukes them, calls them fools for their lack of faith. When you, just in light of our conversation here, I'm just curious right now, when you read that, what does that say to you about who our Lord is, that, that rebuke? Hmm. I think, uh, I guess what comes to the top of
1: my head is, you know, the Lord is based on truth. And we've seen even with the Pharisees, he he'd call them out. Mm-hmm. Of course, he calls us out at different times. But it's it's like the um the one who disciplines because they love. Mm. And if we see his manifestation of love, he calls them out to perhaps break through the darkness of their mind, mm. the discouragement of their hearts, lack of hope. But when he speaks to them, no, he doesn't just rebuke them and then leave. No. He stays with them, yeah. he continues to reveal, and all of a sudden their eyes are opened up. Of course, he even st- stays with them to uh, break the bread, right? right? So the Holy Eucharist, Amen. oh my gosh, their eyes get it. So in our own day and age, we think of, you know, there's masses all over the world. <clears throat> and what's how many people really believe that is the real presence? Right. And it's right there, yep. and we can say it is, it is, it is, as many times as we want, right? But it has to be internalized. And sometimes we have to go through those things in our life where the wake-up call comes, and we hear that often beautifully in conversion stories of people, or even people maybe who were never raised Catholic, and then uh, they read some scripture, they go to a mass or something, and all of a sudden, right. they get it. Yep, It's like the veil lifted from their eyes and they're able to receive. So I think as we uh, go through the Easter season, it's, Lord, surprise us. Walk with us like on the road to Emmaus where you catch us unexpected, and we might be sad and discouraged because of the trials of the pandemic or whatever else is going on in our lives, our family lives, or our neighbors, friends, illness, whatever, but Lord, surprise us.
0: And, and, and it's sort of, uh, you can anticipate this, it's surprised. surprise for me, uh, just as you say that, I, I think of, I've, I've used this example um, before, specifically with regard to prayer as a gift, but it's sort of like Christmas morning because prayer is not something I can accomplish. It's a gift that I have to receive, but what I can do is beg for it. It, But it's like, for me as a child, why is Christmas morning so exciting? Because uh, when I'm a child, I can't get the thing that I want, but I can beg for it. Please, Santa, please, mom, dad, please give me this gift. And, and they do. Uh, Well, most of the gifts, Uh Uh, but with prayer, Lord, give me the gift of prayer and the excitement that comes from receiving a gift that I could not accomplish on my own. To me, similarly, that's the experience of the Christian life as well, as you're just articulating it, Bishop. Jesus surprised me. I don't know what you're going to give me. I mean, I I, I don't know what it's going to be, but I, I know that it is for my best. Uh, one of our priests, um, who's actually uh, parochial vicar here at the cathedral, so you, you've, you've gotten to know him well, but the Joseph Scholten ah, yes. uh, was uh, parochial vicar, uh, associate pastor at my parish in Sioux Falls, St. Lambert's, for his first couple of years. And once in a homily, he talked about how, and I think this is particularly apropos to the pandemic, Bishop, um, Peter, uh, when Jesus, when Peter makes his great confession of faith, you who who do, who do you say that I am? You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God, and and Jesus says you'll be the rock in which you build my church. Blah blah blah. Oh, and I'm going to die, uh, uh, be crucified, and and, and and Peter rebukes the Lord, yes. and Jesus says back to him, um, "Get behind me, Satan." Yes. And Father Scholten said in the homily, this is a couple years ago now. Um, the cross isn't in the way; the cross is the way.
1: Ah, I like that.
0: The cross is the way, uh, but do we trust that Jesus is surprising us by helping to carry the cross of the pandemic, of, of a loss of life of a loved one, of a loss of a job? Do we trust that he's there in the midst of it, walking alongside me like the two disciples on the road to Emmaus? Boy, that's a great point. What's triggered in my mind as you say that is, you know, thinking of the resurrection
1: is, uh, it, it, it clarifies for us that we have every reason to be filled with hope. Mm. Jesus is the resurrection of life. Those who believe in me will have eternal life. But if we think back to the Garden of Gethsemane, we think of Jesus calling out to the Father, mm, Amen. he asks, <clears throat> but he finishes that ask with a very particular thing. Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass me by, but not my will, your will be done. So to your point, if we can see the cross as the way, And we can ask for crosses to be lifted. We can ask for different things. And, of course, as kids, I can relate to your thing that you were mentioning. You don't ask for all kinds of things. And obviously, it was good I didn't get everything that I wanted. Yes, yes. Uh, In fact, it's much better. Uh, But what it does for us as humans, I think it just keeps us mindful of how dependent we are upon God. We are to be like little children. Little children run to their parents, for example, uh, when they need help, when they're hurt or they're... You know, struggling with something that's what we should be with the father when we want something to ask with a childlike simplicity but to not have the little temper tantrum that maybe <laughs> myself or others had kids when we didn't get that little favorite toy we wanted or a bb gun or when i was too young for it or whatever but really to be able to stay and and just realize god's got something bigger and better but the christian life is sharing in the cross mm-hmm. And to try to avoid the cross, whether it's the pandemic and all the incredible effects it's having on so many levels, um, we can either turn to like like the uh, two on the road to Emmaus and be discouraged or frustrated, because it's different than we anticipated. Yep. Or we can let the Lord surprise us and say, Lord, bring the good out of it that you want to bring. And, and I just pray that you give me the grace to persevere through the trial, because of course, then we grow in faith, hope, and love. And that's the greater gift in the end.
0: Amen. That reminds me of 2015, we celebrated the 125th anniversary of the diocese, and we had a whole year-long, uh, year of celebrations, but culminating um, August 2015 with a three-day uh, a festival um, in which we celebrated the anniversary of the diocese, and one of our speakers was Curtis Martin, who many of our mm. listeners might know as the founder of Focus, and I remember Curtis just sharing a story uh, from his own life of of suffering um, and, and and uh being surprised maybe in a not so positive mm-hmm. way initially by, by a certain particular cross that the Lord had given him. Um, and, and what was revealed to him by the Lord in prayer in a very gentle way was, um, my way is not always the easiest way, but it is the best way. Mm. The cross isn't in the way, the cross is the way. And in that way you will find peace and joy and fulfillment despite the pain yeah. and the suffering that comes with it.
1: Gosh, it sounds great, you know. And that re- that triggers for me. I think of <clears throat> this whole Lenten season for me with the changes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, leaving behind family and friends, mm-hmm. in my parish, and all those things. The Lord bring me to a new place, and just the the reality that <clears throat> many today with the isolation can experience things like loneliness, mm-hmm. even as I have. And so, as I've wrestled with that with the Lord to say, Lord, what do you, you know, what do I do with this? You know, I just I want to replace it with something, right? Mm. And the Lord's call to me is, no, I am everything that's gonna fulfill you. Amen. And when I stay in that grace, that's not to say that we don't, I don't need healthy friendships and relationships, absolutely, and they're such a gift. But the Lord doesn't want me to run from the relationship with Him. So as I try to allow myself to receive more and more of His love, and that's the encouragement for us in this time of pandemic, when there is more isolation, we can't do what we want to do, to be able to be with the Lord and to receive more from Him. And I realize what He's calling me to as a bishop, to live my life as a bishop from a more, even more intimate relationship with Him. In other words, allow Him to be enough for me, mm-hmm. if you will, so that I'm not dependent upon, oh, I just got to have this thing or that thing. I got to go here in order to feel happy. No, 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 no. It's just being with the Lord. So if we can all learn, regardless of our vocation, marriage, whatever else, the only thing that's gonna fill our heart is the Lord. And then we live even more freely out of love when we love others, we socialize, and we do the various things we do when pandemic times aren't like they are now. But the point being is this is a cross for many of us. And it might be loneliness, it might be all kinds of different ways that that's manifest, but it's either, I love the great line from Benedict Rochelle in one of his books, it's either a stumbling block or a stepping stone. And so we have opportunities in our crosses to be a stepping stone to greater freedom from disordered desires and what we clamor to in this world. I just want normal thing. I want to be this, that, or the other thing. No, no, no. Just be who we are in the Lord. And then we find, oh, this is really what I want is that deepening friendship. He's getting us ready for
0: heaven. Amen, amen. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ignition. This is a broadcast from the New Evangelization. I'm Dr. Chris Berg, while visiting today with Bishop Donald DeGroot of the Diocese of Sioux Falls about the power and importance of the Resurrection for today, Bishop. We just got about um, three and a half, four minutes left. Um, talk, we've been talking a lot about we're talking about the Resurrection, but it comes after Good Friday and the carrying of the cross. And I'm, I'm guessing you saw Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion of the Christ. And one of the things that struck me about that movie when it came out, and to be honest, I don't think I've ever. I've been able to watch it beginning to end since mm-hmm. it first came out in 2004. Um, but but uh, Mel Gibson's direction to Jim Caviezel, who played Jesus at the carrying of the cross. Uh, if, if you look at that scene, um, Caviezel's portrayal of Jesus, Jesus em- truly embraces the cross mm-hmm. as he lifts up. He embraces it because it's the path of well, first of all, his love for the Father, mm-hmm. which which strikes me. I think we we often I often think of the cross is what Jesus did for me and for mm-hmm. you and for us, and he did, mm-hmm. but first he did it out of love for the yes. Father.
1: Yeah.
0: Out of love for the Father. So he embraces this this thing, which he had asked the night before, let this cup pass for me, but not my will, but thy will be done. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to throw that out there, uh, just a few minutes left. Bishop, any, any other thoughts that you want to share with our listeners about the power and importance of the resurrection while we just celebrated the Triduum these last three days?
1: I think building off your point, you know, the key is for each of us to turn to the Lord for us for the grace to embrace our cross Mm -hmm. and to let the cross become something magnificent in such a way that we could never even have imagined Mm -hmm. as his resurrection does, that he has power even over our death, and that we will rise one day if we believe Mm -hmm. and we live our lives in accord with God. So I really see this as a time to be filled with hope in the midst of sadness to be filled with love in the midst of, you know we can't be with those that we love, but the fondness of love can grow ever stronger. And so I think if we enter into the season of Easter of just be filled with the Lord, let Him bring the new life to us
0: and live out of that place. We, and as you say that and what you were speaking earlier about um, uh, staying close to the Lord in this, um, two things came to my mind. First of all, I think that helps us then, helps me, look at everything, all the other things in my life, the people, the things, as what they are, gifts from the Father to me. Mm -hmm. My relationship with my wife, with my kids, with my friends, with my colleagues, my neighbors, those are all gifts from the Father to me. And, And when they're taken away from me. Many of those things have been taken away because of the pandemic. Um, absence makes the heart grow fonder. I've said that many times with the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's true with all the gifts that God has. Everything in my life is a gift from the Heavenly Father to Chris Bergwald mm-hmm. and to Bishop Donald grood and, mm-hmm. and, and all the rest. The other thing that came to my mind, Catherine of Siena talked about how if we always stay close to to the Lord, to Jesus, um, and He's always filling us up. It allows us to be with others in a way that's completely free. So that if the Lord takes this this relationship away for whatever reason or whatever it might be, that there's still a freedom there. But I'm able to give myself away if I stay rooted in Him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Any any thoughts on you, just as we last half minute? Amen. No, I think that is. You know, that's
1: uh, we will discover either now or God willing, sometime before we depart from this earth that. The only thing that's gonna satisfy our hearts is the spiritual things. It's God Himself. And everything we have is all pure gift. Amen. Saint Saint Therese said that so beautifully. It's all gift
0: all gift. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you for the gift. This is my four hundred, the 400th episode of Ignition. Thank you for being here today. Hey, it's
1: been a privilege for me. And uh, until next time, as the good Lord has it, I uh, wish all of you, dear listeners, a great blessing. So may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you all and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen.